It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerated. I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Mark Casaglo. Mark is Vice President of Sales at Outreach. You know, there continues to be this incredible amount of innovation in the sales technology space. I mean, new applications and new uses of these technologies, what some people call sales hacks, are appearing daily. And the goal for most of these is to increase both the efficiency and the effectiveness of your sales efforts. Effectiveness being doing the right thing and efficiency doing the right thing right. And right, in the case of sales, is how do you generate more revenue per hour of selling time? So a good question to ask is, what's in your sales stack? What should be in your sales stack to improve your sales productivity? And we're going to talk about that and many other topics today with my guest, Mark Casaglo. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So please take a minute and introduce yourself. So how'd you get your start in sales and how'd you end up where you are today with outreach? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I've always been a sales guy, right? Uh, my mom tells me stories about walking around the uh, the neighborhood of my aunt and uncles when we were on vacation, trying to swap people's toys out for mine to, you know, upgrade my toy collection. I guess <laughs> I'll trade you two of mine for one yeah. of yours. <laughs> right. So no, always always been a sales guy. Actually, uh, 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 awesome story. I learned how to sell in in high school in a shoe store in uh, the Delta of Mississippi, right on the Mississippi River. So you started uh, in shoes. I sure did. Yeah, start, as, uh, as did I. That was my first job in sales, selling women's shoes at J.C. Penney. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about it is it's kind of like a great way to break into consultative sales because you can look at. For me, I sold athletic shoes, and I could really look at like a person's uh, feet, how they walked, their their wear pattern on their shoes, and and uh, you know recommend to them a, a pair of shoes that really helped them out. And you know I'd have people come back all the time because I I helped them out so much, and that was the foundation of not learning how to sell by asking questions and being inquisitive rather than just, you know, shoving a pair of Jordans down somebody's throat because mm-hmm. they're awesome or whatever. So, so that's what I started uh, doing sales and, you know, got a sales job right out of college to provide for my family and uh, sold stuff to schools for about a decade. And then uh, started looking for an edge uh, for my sales team that I was running uh, for a company called School Specialty. And uh, I came across some technology. You know, I wanted to see how I could make my email marketing or email outreach more effective and came across a company called Outreach and uh, looked into it. It uh, seemed uh, great. As, as I started using it, I realized it was probably going to be the future of sales, or at least that's my uh, uh, my evaluation of it. So I quit my job and uh, asked them to bring me on, and they did, and uh, here we are. Now, so that's the short. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You can, you can elaborate if you wish, but it's a great story. So you found a product you're using. It reminds me of the, uh, you're maybe too young for this, but the commercial that used to be on TV a couple of decades ago about a guy who said that he had tried this electric shaver and he liked it so much he bought the company. Um, <laughs> but something similar. I mean, you use this product, you could see that it was the value it brought to you and the value it was going to bring to salespeople in general. And you said, I need to go work for this company. Yeah, yeah. That really was the story, you know. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy, you know. Uh, it, I'm sure you remember, Andy, when you got your first like real smartphone. Maybe you got the first iPhone, and it kind of like changed things for you. I know for me, yeah. Uh, I was a field sales rep. I had my little Honda Accord uh, on my little route. I would run, you know, every 
you know, three or four months, uh, you know, every day I'd have a different kind of a route and I'd have my ashtray full of quarters. I'd pull up to the pay phone. I know I don't look old enough to do that, but this is actually (laughs) the case. (laughs) Pull up to the pay phone and slug my quarters in and make my calls. But um, I remember my dad came up one day and he's like, hey, you should get a cell phone. And so I got a cell phone and it kind of changed my life. You know, and all of a sudden now, you know, I felt 10 times more productive. And Mm -hmm. and that was literally the effect I had when I started using outreach. And I thought, well, hey, I could have gotten in in cell phones that early. You know, I'd have made it. So maybe this is my second chance. (laughs) No, excellent. That's a great great story. So, and for people that are listening, take inspiration from this, right? I mean, if you're using something that really inspires you, that you think is going to transform your life, see if you can join the party somehow because, you know, They need great people that are inspired to do great things. So, excellent story. So, back to outreach. So, what what was the impetus for the founders of the company to start it? I mean, what what was the problem they were trying to solve? Yeah. So, there's four founders. There's two technical co-founders and then uh, two kind of uh, product guy and then then like a business guy, if you will. And uh, those four guys actually had started a, a company based around recruiting, and they were trying to um, take uh, empty cycles that developers had and try to kind of like crowdsource or you know uh, make those cycles available to other companies so that you could hire a developer for a specific project you know very inexpensively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was going really good. And but they were constantly trying to recruit a inventory an inventory of developers. And what they realized is that hyper personalized, consistent follow up was the key to getting people uh, uh, you know, onboarded. And so what happened was is they realized that kind of the idea that they were doing led them to the idea that really made sense, which is this idea that communication is broken. And so they all kind of got together and they kind of built a tool, tore it apart, built it again, tore it apart. And then on the third build, they finally had something that could reliably detect replies back from people via email so that it could stop a cadence or a sequence of steps and and a, and a consistent follow-up pattern so that they could start reaching out to people and letting the system automate the follow-up. And so that's when Outreach was kind of born. It was born out of that, that company uh, that was kind of a recruiting-based company, but they realized that the real problem that they were solving wasn't a developer or a recruiting problem. It was a problem around communication. Interesting. Now, you, now you use the term hyper personalization. Uh, personalization t- is sort of one of the, the key buzzwords around products in the space. So, what do you mean by hyper personalization? Yeah. So, to me, hyper personalization is just me writing a an email that takes the other person into account and lets them know in a real way why I'm reaching out to them and that I've been thoughtful about the reason I'm reaching out to them. So, I could write you a, a, an email, Andy, that says, "Hey, Andy, you know, um, great to meet you. I'd love to get it on your calendar soon. I have this great product." Da 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 da. And I would consider that a personalized message, a, a hyper personalized message. I mean, just to me. personalized, just by virtue of the fact that it has my name in it. Yeah, and it might have a couple of things that show you that, like, maybe I've done a little bit of research. Hyper-personalized to me is one step further than that. It's me being thoughtful about the research I've done. So, for example, I know that you're an author. I know that you have a huge following on a blog. You have this great podcast. And so what I would then do, it, it, what I would make, like, you know, an intuitive leap and say, maybe you're having these problems, and here's how we can solve them. And to me, that's hyper-personalized, where I think that you can tell there's a level of thoughtfulness in my communication 
that isn't just something that's templatized. So is there something unique about outreach that helps you do that? Yeah. So uh, what we are able to do is um, we're able to do a few things is we have um, uh, conditional variables. So in the case of, let's say that, um, you know, um, I know that you're in a certain industry and I know that industry typically has a certain amount of problems. Well, if you're a contact in Salesforce and you have a field that it denotes your industry, I can bring that into outreach. And then if the industry is a chemical industry, for example, I can personalize that email very specifically for the chemical industry and make some, you know, again, some intuitive leaps on as a salesperson in the chemical industry, here's some problems that you might be having and how we can solve them. And then I can do that same thing and change that over to, you know, the publishing industry or the advertising industry. Or it doesn't really matter what it is, but uh, that would be one small thing that you could do to do that. But there's some things that, you know, you can automate like that. Then there's other things that maybe you can't automate, but you need to build muscle for to do them faster than and do them better. You know, like a, a sprinter is faster and his technique gets better, and that's what makes him a world-class sprinter. And in the same way, if you want to be a world-class email writer or a world-class salesperson, you got to build the muscle. And so we have some features that allow you to, like, complete tasks very quickly and at a high, a high level of quality. So give me an example of what that means. Yeah, so we have a feature called Outreach Flow. And what Outreach Flow does is it brings up all the tasks that are not automated tasks or tasks that you have to do manually, and it'll bring those tasks up. But it does them in a way that gives you uh, all the context that you need to complete the task. So, for example, on the left-hand side of the screen is where you would compose the email. In the middle of the screen is all of the research and all the activity and all the history and everything that you've ever done. It's like an activity feed with that contact so that you can look to see, all right, this is what I've done in the past and what I've said in the past and what they've said to me. And then on the right-hand side are, is, are, are data points that you can use, uh, their LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. or custom fields from Salesforce that give you everything that you need to kind of write that hyper-personalized email really quickly and move on to the next one. So to use outreach, do you need to have Salesforce or can it be standalone? Um, Salesforce unlocks a lot of uh, black magic voodoo features that we have that are really awesome, right? But you can definitely use it uh, uh, prior uh, to, uh, or you can use it without having Salesforce. We have a couple companies that have their own CRMs, and uh, they use it more in a pre-lead, pre-CRM management. Uh, uh, like, you know, to somebody will use it to um, uh, create an opportunity, and they'll kind of manage that process, the creation of the opportunity inside of outreach, and then they'll move uh the opportunity into their CRM when it's ready to do it. It helps with data cleanliness. Mm-hmm. But if you really want the full bang for the buck, what you're saying is probably should have Salesforce as your your CRM platform. Uh, yeah, I would make that. I would make that statement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, plans to support any other CRM platforms? I think in the future, yes, of course. But uh, right now, you know, Salesforce is the 800 pound gorilla. So, uh, and we have a very sophisticated. Uh, connection with them that would be difficult to replicate in other CRMs without a ton of development work. Okay. So tell us how you used outreach to develop your own, your own business at outreach. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, I'm sure Andy, you've heard of this account based sales movement, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, just a new word for something that's been done forever, but yes. <laughs> See, you and I are on the same page, man. Like I, when I heard, Oh, account based sales, this, that, I was like, what? Like, isn't that just sales? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I, I 
said that as gently as I could because you know I don't <laughs> want to be accused of being a dinosaur or anything. But yeah, it's it's not new. I think us old guys need to speak out a little bit more because like these young whippersnappers got you know their teeth uh, cut on inbound leads and like it's just churn and burn. It's, I, give me more leads, my leads suck. And you know I grew up with uh, I had 600 accounts in my territory. That's it. If I didn't sell one of those 600 accounts or you know multiple of those 600 accounts every year, my family didn't eat. Oh yeah, and you were out on the road visiting those accounts. I sure was, yeah. And if uh, the one person in the company or school or whatever wouldn't sign up with me, I would go to the next person, and you know I'd dig my way to find business. And and so I've kind of brought that mentality to outreach, and our product is, is built around that. So when people started talking about account based sales, it was really interesting because our whole product is developed around that kind of idea of, hey, you know what, an account is a precious thing, and a company. Uh, is a precious thing. They have needs and they have uh, uh, things that they need help with and solutions that uh, that can help them out or they need solutions that can help them out. And so how do you penetrate that account and help that person out? And so uh, what we did is we built a, uh, you know, I think a really good process to help uh, our, um, our salespeople do that. So the first thing that we do is we have specialized sales roles. So we have SDRs, mm-hmm. AEs, and then you know mm-hmm. pre-sales success people and post-sales success people. That's the first thing that we did is divide them up. Then we took each of those specialized um, roles and created a pod. So we'll have uh, three SDRs for every AE, and every AE has a pre-sales success manager. And that group of five people work together on accounts. And they're a little team. They're a little family. They're their own little company. And you know, they do things their own way uh, uh, to a degree, but you know they kind of compete against the other little pods in in the in the uh, in the company. And what's the so, pre-sale success manager do? The pre-sale success manager makes sure that when we go to pilot or do a proof of concept, that we go into a company and we give our our product an actual chance to to survive. And what I mean by that is, uh, Andy, you'd know this is mm-hmm. you've been a successful sales guy. Like for me to say, Andy, you need to start doing this differently. It is like counterintuitive to everything inside your DNA to do something differently than the way that you've always done it because you've been successful, right? right. And, uh, and and every sales guy thinks they're successful whether they are or not. So exactly. <laughs> getting into the workflow of a sales guy is really difficult. So our success guy provides the support and you know the teaching and the encouragement and all that kind of stuff, the technical uh, know-how to help a salesperson. Uh, weave outreach into their sales process so that we become part of how they work every day. And, you know, our job is to, the success person's job is to show them, hey, this is what you could have happen if you used outreach and then to make sure that that happens when they start using it. So do you have then in most cases that you actually do a trial for someone or you're, you know, bring a certain number of users on and let them try it? Is that why you have that pre-sale success? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So we we believe uh, like I want to I want to sell to people how I want to be sold to, and it's very difficult for me to prove value in something I'm purchasing if I can't get my hands on it and use it. And so we sell to people that way. Is hey, here you go, use it for 30 days, try it out. We'll treat you like a customer before you're a customer because we've built our entire company on our own tool. We know it works if we can get it inside the DNA of your salespeople. And so that's what we do is we really work to get it inside the DNA of, you know, 10 or 12 salespeople and they start to have really awesome results and then it kind of spreads from there. Yeah. Well, then they're not going to let it go. That's right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's the genius. All right. So we're guerrilla marketing. Let's get it in. Let's get people using it. 
And but as you said, I think one of the things that you're talking about that you do that I don't hear necessarily a lot of other companies do is you have that dedicated pre-sales success manager, which is really critical. Yeah, yeah. It's funny is um, we are starting to get like the the outreach effect where um, some one of somebody from one of our outreach shops will go to uh, get a new job uh, at a new company, and the first thing they ask is, "Where's outreach?" And they're like, what are you talking about? Where's outreach? And then the next thing you know, we're doing a trial with them and, and we've got that company. So our our users forget how to sell without us. And then when they go to a new job, they expect us to be there. And and so they bring us with them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's exactly what you want to encourage in the marketplace. So um, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with my guest, Mark Cosigal, and we'll talk some more about outreach and the sales stack. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. So welcome back. We're to Accelerate, talking with my guest, Mark Casaglo today, uh, VP of Sales at Outreach. We've been talking about how Outreach got started, how companies are, are using it. Um, so this is a space that's certainly has a lot of competition in it and yeah. it to me it seems like uh, there's sort of this convergence where you know companies moving from other spaces into your space and you're moving from your space into other companies spaces as you add more and more functionality to what you're doing so how do you how do you distinguish outreach from you know other sales development platforms that are out there uh, yeah, so I, I think it's pretty simple. Is um, We started with an enterprise-level uh, product in mind. And so our um, that, that's the first thing is we have the safety settings, the roles and governance. We have um, the security and that kind of stuff that a large enterprise sales team has to have in a product. And so uh, we get through a lot of security reviews that a lot of our competition can't get through because we're built in a way – that supports a huge sales team that uh, you know wants to run either very systematically and programmatically or very individualistically. So we can support that whole range. I like to say we're a very wide product because we can uh, support a ton of different sales processes and ways like people want to run their sales teams. But we're also very deep because once you pick how you want to run it, you can. Uh, You'll build it out as uh, sophisticated as you like. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I think we are talking about a, a, a bigger problem than most of our competitors. Our competitors are talking about, you know, how can you help an SDR team or how can I like track emails? We're, we're trying to solve a communication problem. And our head of product, uh, if you ever get a chance to hear him speak, it's a little inspiring because it's not a little, it's very inspiring because he talks about communication utopia. And what that is, is it's like I get in touch with the person that I want to get in touch with immediately and immediately receive the answer that I desire, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, hey, I can, hope I can find Andy, and hey, I hope he replies to me, and hey, I hope he says yes. It's communication utopia is I need to talk with Andy. I reach out to Andy. I get in touch with him, and immediately I get back the yes. And so that's what he's building. He's trying to build something that helps people achieve that. 
And so when you have that in mind, then I think that your product uh, has a bigger scope and has a bigger vision and has a has a uh, you know a direction that really guides where things are going versus hey we want to help salespeople get more meetings um, you know so I think that those are two big differentiators mm-hmm. yeah it certainly seems to be a, a different vision and also as you said you unlike many companies in the space that are really focused on the SMB marketplace and hope to move up market at some point you sir said hey you sort of started up market and have focused on that. Yeah, I mean, we, we we started out with small startups and young companies, but because um, uh, we needed users and we needed to make sure that we, we were going to be safe for the big customers we brought on. But you know, we just brought on a you know multi hundred seed account and, and CenturyLink, and uh, you know they're already seeing some amazing results uh, from uh, from using us. So you know, we've quickly climbed the ladder. Okay, so let's take a more general look at things. So outreach. You know, fits. And I used the term earlier. You know, and not everybody's familiar with the term. It fits into a company's sales stack. Mm-hmm. So, for people who aren't familiar with that term, why don't you help define what the sales stack is and sort of where maybe outreach's place in it is, and what else you might need in addition to outreach to complete your sales stack? Yeah. So, uh, sales stack is basically a modern day term for what you and I probably used to call our sales toolbox or our briefcase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we used to bring in like a binder with the product and, you know, it had our presentation laminated that we would flip through, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, that, you know, there's a, now a digital equivalent of that. And because it's, no, it's now, um, you know, the term originates from a developer stack and, you know, right. a, a, a software engineer, has a stack of tools they need to create uh, their product. And so basically, it's the sales equivalent of that. So it's no different than what we've always done. It's just most of these tools are now, if not all of them, are digitally based. So it's what's your digital tools that you use that enable you to sell more efficiently and effectively. So which tools, if you're trying to build this out, and you're, yeah, most companies listening to this are probably in the midsize or smaller type spaces, is you know what what do they need to have sort of a functioning sales deck? I mean, besides everybody says, okay, I got my CRM system. Okay, that's that's sort of a given. That's like table stakes. What yeah. next? Yeah. So uh, you know, obviously, Salesforce uh, we think's the best, and so uh, there you start there. Um, then what you need is you need um, tools uh, that will help you populate Salesforce in an, an efficient, effective, and, and quick manner. Right. The faster that you can fill Salesforce with good data. The, uh, the better and more useful that it becomes to you. So uh, you can use, uh, we use a company called Datanize. Datanize mm-hmm. helps us to uh, use leverage LinkedIn to find contacts uh, and their contact information and their titles uh, at companies that we want to uh, go after. We use uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Uh, my sales operations director uh, has created a bunch of um, searches for us, pre-built searches that look at a bunch of different firmographics for types of companies. And then we're able to see, oh, here's you know, 500 companies that meet that. And then we'll use that data to populate accounts inside of Salesforce. Uh, we use a company called uh, Ringlead to do mass prospecting. Uh, on the open web, so they don't pull anything from LinkedIn. They look at the open web and say, okay, this person is the president of this company. This person's a sales guy at that company, and it can pull in their information into our Salesforce. So those are those are kind of three tools that we use to populate Salesforce with data that gives my salespeople you know, a great way to uh, not have to spend all their time prospecting. Uh, so that's the first step. 
Then the second step is how well, do you don't spend their time digging up the names of companies they should be prospecting at. That's right. Like yeah. we were again, we we really believe um, you start with the account, and if you start with the account, it's insane to have like every and all salespeople determine what accounts you should be going after. I mean, that you know, I have a bunch of twenty-year-olds. They're great. They're super smart, but I don't think that they have enough experience to pick which accounts we need to go after as a company, which is basically the heartbeat of the entire company, right? You know, exactly. that's the. So we we uh, we we pick the companies for them. And then we say, here's an here's a, an account. We tier them. We say, hey, this is a great account. This is a good account. This is an okay account. And then we, uh, you know, appropriate the correct amount of time for each of those types of accounts for them to use it in their in their uh, when they're out there selling. Mm-hmm. So so that's the first thing. Then uh, the second thing is you need a tool like Outreach or a, a sales automation tool that then takes that data inside of Salesforce and allows you to build a communication plan and a sales process to get meetings. And so uh, you know uh, we can pull all the data that we've populated in Salesforce into Outreach and use it to, like we talked about earlier, really personalize your messaging and to build out a sequence of events, you know, an email followed by a voicemail later that day, followed by a LinkedIn connection request two days later, followed by another phone call. You, know, you can build it out however you want to. We have some, uh, CenturyLink has a bunch of very manual steps, like sending out manual snail mail mailers and mm-hmm. inviting people to events in the area that they have scheduled. So you can build it out however you want to. And then you just throw people into the sales process and it runs through them. And the steps that can be automated are and the steps that you want to do manually, you uh, get queued up on the day that they're to be done and you execute those tasks in that uh, feature we called, uh, we talked about earlier called Outreach Flow. Right. So how do your AEs use Outreach? Yeah, great question. So uh, the job of the, uh, the main job of an AE to me is um, – once they get a fish on the hook is to keep them on the hook and bring them ashore, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's how we use outreach is, um, so if I, you email me back, you're, let's say one of my SDRs is approaching you for a meeting and you're like, hey, yeah, this sounds like a good meeting. And and then the meeting is set up and you have that meeting and then you email my, um, or at the end of the meeting, my AE says, hey, Andy, I'm going to email you, you know, question, these two or three answers to these questions I didn't have ans- uh, answers for you for. And so um, he will uh, type up that email, and then we have something called a follow-up sequence. And what a follow-up sequence does is when he sends that email, he actually attaches this sequence to it, this sequence of events. And that follow-up sequence says, hey, if Andy doesn't reply to me in two days or two hours or whatever, you can set it as customizable. Then send an email to him saying, hey, Andy, did you get my last email? But put the original email I wrote in the same thread. Right. And then do that again, and then do that again, and then maybe do a phone call or whatever. And you can kind of build out like what made me great was my tenacity as a salesperson, you know, my um, persistence. And so now all my AEs have the same level of persistence I've always had because when they send the email, if there's no reply back or no phone call back, then the next task happens on the day it needs to happen. And so people are always on the hook. And do you integrate with the dialer for like phone follow-up? We have our own dialer, yeah. You have your own dialer, okay. So if one part of your sequence says, yeah, I'm gonna, I didn't get a response in a day, I'm going to throw a phone call into the, the prospect, then what, does button show up on the screen, press button, talk? Yeah, so they would go into um, their uh, outreach flow for that day, and let's say they had 80 tasks to complete, and the first one would be you know this phone call. 
and then they would, um, you know, the phone number is right there, like I said, along with the activity history. So they know what the last email correspondence was about, as well as all the other data that they might need. And they just click the call, click a phone number, and uh, the phone dials for them. And, we, you know, you, they can do it through their computer, or we can call their phone and then call the person's phone. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Well, I, great introduction to outreach and what it can do to people. We're going to move to the last segment of the show where I've got some standard questions I ask uh, all my guests. And the first one, which you may have heard before, if you listen to one of the episodes, was you're the star of the show. It's a hypothetical scenario is you've just been hired as a new sales leader, similar to what you're doing, but at a company whose sales have stalled out, need to be unstuck, turned around in a hurry. What two things would you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? My first two weeks on the job. Uh, so first, I'm- first week, two things. First week, two things. Um, so uh, I read a book that kind of changed my entire career, and it was uh, Keith Rosen's book, uh, mm-hmm. Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions. Right. And the first thing I would do would be sit down to my people and like listen to what was going wrong. Because I think most salespeople know when things are going wrong. They're just scared to talk about them because they feel like their job is threatened. And, and that's a, the worst environment that you can create. And so to try to sit down with my people and get them to understand like, hey, you can trust me. I'm here to make your hard work turn into success. If you're working hard and you're not successful, that's a failure on my part, not a failure on your part, because it's my job to direct uh, activity into success. And so I'd find out like where our activity is going wrong from the people that have been there so that we can start to redirect it in a good direction. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I do. And then, and then the second thing I would do is I'm very, I'm, I think, very operationally and procedurally, I would probably then set up the metrics that I need to see like what's going wrong. And so like, where are the, what kind of metrics do I need to have in place to measure like uh, what the people that are telling me is wrong, if it's actually wrong or not. And if I can get a change in a direction. So those are probably the first two things is set up my metrics and try to get my people to trust me and diagnose themselves what's going on. I mean, I've only got one week. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. You got a limited amount of time in that first week. Okay. Two good things. I like that. All right. So now I've got some sort of uh, shorter questions. You give me one word answers or you can elaborate if you wish. And and the first one is when you, Mark, you sort of answered this, but I'll ask it again, is when you, Mark, are out selling, what's your most powerful sales attribute? Uh, Curiosity. Okay. You had said persistence before too, which is can be... Yeah, brothers, twin brothers, if you will. Um, Who's your sales role model? My sales role model? Uh, hmm. Uh, Probably a guy named Rene Uyoa, who uh, was a mentor for me at my very first sales job and helped me take several leaps forward in my sales career by just making me press the way that I thought differently. And what was the change in how you thought? So his whole philosophy was around, um, hey, there's a profitable way to run your business. Your job is to show people how they can profit from you running profitably. And so it changed. My, hmm. At the time, I was in a very interesting business. I was doing fundraising with school. So my job was to go get kids really excited about helping their school raise money for a field trip or mm-hmm. a playground or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was very difficult to run my business profitably, but also help the school raise a ton of money. And so until he kind of redirected my focus, like I said, and he showed me, hey, 
you can make a school a ton of money and you can make a good living at it as well if you do these things the right way and you show people very transparently like what you're doing and how you're doing it. And so it kind of got me out of like, uh, you know, a very me centric thing and got me into, you know, very customer centric way of thinking. No, I love it. It's a great example. All right. One book every salesperson should read. Do Sales Simplify by Mike Weinberg, the best sales book ever written. <laughs> it is a very good sales book. Yes. Uh, um, what music's on your playlist right now? I listen to dubstep. <laughs> so uh, right now it's probably a bunch of Gemini. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my salespeople call me the DJ of sales. So, uh, <laughs> All right. So we'll put that down. And then last question for you. What's the question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Uh, why do you charge so much? <laughs> and the answer is? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, why does an iPhone in the beginning cost you know three times a flip phone? Because it's better. <laughs> okay. So when people say charge a lot and compared to what? Yeah, so we're you're usually two to three x the price point of our competitors. So it's a little bit of a sticker shop for people. But um, I think uh, we do a lot of what we call bake offs, where they'll test us and another thing, and we rarely use those because we we cause a dramatic step increase or step change in their sales results. Uh, I can give you a couple examples. We took um, uh, one company was getting two or three meetings a week per sales rep. Uh, we took that company up to 12 meetings a week over a three-week period per sales rep. I had another um, company that it would take nine minutes for them to process and get a lead into their sales messaging. We took that down to 55 seconds. So we have a lot of stories like that where we just have a dramatic productivity boost Mm -hmm. uh, on our product. So, um, you know, uh, if we can add thousands and thousands of dollars of revenue to a salesperson, uh, then, you know, uh, charging a hundred bucks a month shouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. 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 Well, good. Well, thanks for joining me today. And so Mark Costco, tell people how they can find out more about outreach. Yeah. Uh, outreach.io is, uh, obviously our website. Uh, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, pretty active there and you can look up any sales development rep at, uh, on LinkedIn that works at outreach.io. They'll, uh, be happy to uh, help you, you know, look at some of the value props that we have and if they'll be a fit for you or not. I guess, yeah, sort of last question before I go is, is what is sort of the ideal client profile for you? Well, um, quite honestly, we have a huge range of customers and um, the only thing that we see that doesn't work is, uh, you know, salespeople, quote unquote, salespeople that respond to a bunch of bids and stuff like that. But if you're a salesperson, that needs to stay in touch with people and needs to get more meetings and wants to you know, manage more people at a time so that you can increase your productivity, then you're a good fit for us. All right. Well put. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark, for being on the show. No problem. Thanks, Andy. Have a good one. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And an easy way to do that is to make this podcast accelerate a part of your daily routine, whether it's on your commute in the gym or make it part of your morning sales huddle. Because then you make sure you don't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Mark Casaglo, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. 
If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.